having crawled through the mire of the multiverse. Here we are in the presence of the marvelous nerd cast. As always, Ziggy and Billy. Welcome back to another episode of the Marvelous Nerdcast. I am here. I am Ziggy. I am here with uh, my wife, Emily. And Hi. we have our friend of the pod, Mr. Deke's Notary, DK the Cypherian. Hello, hello. Hello to all. Um, so today, yeah, so we've been gone for a hot minute, um, only because, <laughs> only because, uh, we've, uh, we've been sick, we, we've been hanging out with the baby, uh, Emily's been indulged in her 14 book novel adventure, uh, and I've been, uh, streaming with the guys. And so the schedule has been a little wonky. So we've been we've been figuring things out, and uh, I think we figured out that we can we can start doing this regularly. Um, but we're gonna change it to we're gonna change it to regularly every two weeks instead of weekly, just so we don't have to rush and hurry things up. To uh, a stick, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> And also, I just have to say, uh, the, the series that I have been uh, reading is The Wheel of Time, and it's 14 books. I'm on 12. Of, well, it's actually 13 books with a prequel, yeah. and I'm on uh, 12 of 13, and then after that I have the small prequel to read, and then I'll be done. But I'm looking for suggestions after that for things to read. So... Uh, <laughs> If anybody has any suggestions, please let me. <clears throat> I like fantasy. I don't do um, biographies or anything like that. I got enough of like actual stuff when I was in college. So. I mean, Ra- <laughs> Ravy said she was going to pick up um, the Shadow and Bone series. I don't know if you want to dive into that. Um, but yeah. So also speaking of the Wheel of Time series, I started this the series the book series because of the show and season two will be coming at you uh in either spring or summer of this year and i'm looking forward to it because <laughs> after watching season one i mean i might have to rewatch it now that i've read the books uh but i really enjoyed season one but like i don't know how the hell they're planning on like getting to this end the way that they started the show like, it just doesn't make sense. So, fingers crossed that they can actually give the series some good representation on TV because so far, not so good. <laughs> I mean, it's, the TV show is good, but when it's compared to the books, it's like, where what are you doing? Like, where are you going with this, you know? 
Did you watch the oh. show, DK? Sorry, which one? I'm sorry. Uh, the Wheel of Time. The Wheel of Time. I did. Uh, I, I did watch the TV show. Um, I didn't read the books. Um, I th- the, my, my biggest problem with the, Wheel of, with the Wheel of Time is I felt like they didn't really bring a great amount of explanation about the world right up front. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it was introduced slowly, and by the end, I got it. And I, I understood the relationships and stuff like that. I just, I felt like it just was, like... We, I, I felt like we got dropped. And it, it felt, it, well, I guess it kind of felt like an MMORPG. You get dropped into the world and you kind of got to figure it out as you go. <laughs> yeah. But that's great for games. It's not great for a television show. Right. Um, and, uh, I mean, the, the whole opening fight was really cool. Like, I, I mean, they, they, you know, they gave you a little bit of a backstory and stuff like that. But I just, I don't know. I, uh, I, I guess by the end of the first season, I didn't really know who I was supposed to care about. Right. And they don't make that clear either. Like, in the books, uh, the main the main Aes Sedai, she knows who uh, she's looking for, and then she realizes very quickly that she found three people that are very important, and not just the one person she was looking for. But, like, it turns into, like, in the show, you're trying to figure out who exactly is the Dragon Reborn, and you don't really know even at the end of that. But in no. the books, it's very obvious. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like, and the, the little research that I did um, for season two, they said that they're gonna skip books. Uh, they're gonna skip book two because it's kind of a rehash of the, the first book. It's like kind of in the same, there's a lot of repetition. It would feel like the same season yeah. all over again. Um, so they're gonna move to book three, I think and um kind of delve into that stuff but so that that should make it interesting i'm just um i don't know like whenever you know they had game of thrones they after they didn't have the book material anymore they kind of just like went off into left field and and like this series is done there's so much material that they could use, you know? Like, there's no reason for them to just go off and do their own thing when it's right there. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that's what I've been doing, and... <laughs> She's very uh, passionate about it. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's really good. It, it's actually gotten to the point to where, like, it'll be an, uh, an off-stream night for me, and I'm like, hey, let's hang out. And she's like, well, I need to read my book. And I'm like, but it's a not, it's a, it's a, I'm not streaming tonight. She's like, yeah, but I, I still need to read my book, though. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just turned in, it's just turned into like an everyday thing to where I just let her read now until the series is over. I'm almost done. It'll be done soon. Um, uh-huh. so the so main, something my screen went wide. I'm just like, I'm like, what's going on? I realized I'm like, oh, you're sharing your screen. Okay. That, that. <laughs> just like what's happening here? <laughs> my computer's freaking out. <clears throat> yeah, I'm pulling up the references. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, anywho, uh, so we wanted to cover the the big hit show that's out now, uh, The Last of Us, which is a uh, cinematic rendition of the video game, which uh, so far, in my opinion, is just fucking amazing. <laughs> um, 
but we're we're just gonna go through like an overall recap of like our thoughts of the first three episodes. We're not gonna dive in fully uh, of each episode because that would be probably a week long podcast. It would be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, starting with you, Emily, what uh, what are your thoughts? Overall thoughts, grades. Since uh, you're episodes. fresh on the mind with it, since you just watched all three. Um, I would say that I really like, I really like the whole thing so far. I think that it was the last episode, episode three, even though it wasn't, it didn't really move the story along at all. I thought it was amazing. It was, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was amazing. Yes. Um, I'm sad because Nick Offerman won't be in it anymore. Well, see, a lot of people, a lot of people are saying that they think he's still alive. He's not alive because he's so dead. Because you never saw him put the drugs into the wine bottle, and you never saw him take any drugs. And then when Joel gets to the house, the one like one of the doors are open, and then uh, he goes through the house and the you see that door again and it's closed. So a lot of people like in the community are saying he's still alive. It's just not showing him yet. Like that's a reach. I think, <laughs> I think if, if they did that and he was still alive, like he just told Frank that he um, was like also going to kill himself. Like that would just, that'd be pretty cruel. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would ruin the romantic aspect of it. Like, yeah. I mean, but he also is in the game. So. Yeah, but this this avoids having to like backtrack. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I thought it was like they would ruin that whole thing that they did. Like, even though it was a big change, like they would ruin it. And it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so. a lot. Of, a lot of people are saying uh, it's it's definitely award winning. Level of acting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like if if Offerman uh, uh, or uh, Butler doesn't get any kind of like nod, then it's just it'll it'll be ridiculously stupid. Uh, I mean I, I mean HBO's already got like you know you know it's a big strong start to the year, but they've also got um, House of Dragons uh, uh, that could be a, a big competitor. I think they're going to be going head to head. I think a little bit here. Um, but uh, I, yeah. So as far as the, because I didn't play a video game. I'm assuming you did, DK. Did you? I didn't actually. I play. I, I played. Um, I did play the opening. I played the first maybe two or three hours of the game. Um, I picked it up. It was like during. It was, it was right after. I think it was right after I hurt my back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone was working, and so I was trying to find something I could play that didn't that didn't involve having the guys around. And so I picked it up and I started playing. Um, and then I think shortly afterwards, like it, it's, it's not really my kind of game. Like um, I'm not a huge fan of like the third person wonder. Like I, I was talking about this the other day on uh, my Resident Evil stream. Like I was never a big fan of the original Resident Evil games because of the whole third party aspect to it. Um, and uh, also the, the whole, <laughs> Joel's ability to sense the clickers and stuff like that, I thought was a little odd. <laughs> um, but uh, 
I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd heard, you know, I'd watched the cinematics. I knew pretty much what the story was, and um, so like, like if I'm going to play zombie games, I used to like, I like to have people with me. Um, but uh, I, I played the opening. I thought it was really great, and so, uh, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't end up sticking with it because either the guys came back or I found something else. But um, I thought, like, just watching the first episode based on what I had played from the game, <laughs> I think that they did an amazing job recreating that. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. Uh, it's, uh, it's some, uh, some reviewers said this because they since they changed the timeline. Because I don't remember, because I think the original game, the opener is set in the year that it was released, which I think was like, uh, was it 2014, 2017, something like that, the original Last of Us. Yeah, something like that. And then they moved it to 2003 so that, that when the series is taking place, it's now, it's 2023. Uh, but someone made the hilarious joke to me, just like, it's like, how horrible is it that the costume designers are now stuck in the late 90s, early 2000s uh, clothing line? <laughs> like <laughs> they gotta go find that stuff. I'm like so, like you see a lot of people wearing plaid. I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's the thing you can do because that's that's universal flannel plaid. That's all. Uh, <laughs> that's all a good thing. But like, and and I guess I mean, and with you know, they've done a great job recreating. I want to talk about costume design just for a quick second, but like they've done a great job recreating what you saw from the game oh in just gosh. terms of like color palette. Uh, it's, it's something that's similar to like I think she like I think they uh, IGN posted the comparisons they do in every episode between the game and the show yeah and they're matching the outfits almost exactly exactly yeah it's crazy um, which I think is great like I think the, <laughs> the only difference is the plaid pattern is different it's like but yeah but who's you know who's gonna fault him for that like the um, tiny detail like yeah. even even when uh, his daughter fixed his watch even the gray box mm-hmm. is the exact same. Yeah, that she gives it to him. Like, like it's just the small details that they are matching are just insane. Yeah, and I, I mean, and it's one of those really great occasions where was it? You see, you're saying the other day off stream with uh, the, the director from the game mm-hmm. and Naughty Dog and stuff like that are there. Yeah, like throughout the whole process to really to you know like they had to approve episode three. I so like I, I have to I have to think that they put their name on it. They really had to like this divergence from the game they really had to like get behind and yeah. it seems like they're loving everything that the writers are coming up with and yeah even with the, even with the I, I saw that they um th- that some somewhere they said that they uh the creator of the game really liked the way that they did uh bill and frank in the show more than they did in the game like they liked that aspect of it they wish they had come up with it themselves but the uh, um i didn't i said i didn't play the game but whenever we were watching that whole sequence that's exactly like the game from where they're driving away um and they're with danny and it's him and his daughter and then danny and that whole thing i specifically remember watching zach play that play through that part yeah. And I, I was like, I remember all this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way that they had the camera set up and everything, like from the back seat, the and like you could see Danny here, you could see um, Joel here, and like the way he's doing his hand and everything, it's exactly like him. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it really made me realize because I grew up around Austin. Um, so like like everything they're talking about, like how to get out of town, like I, I'm very familiar with it. It did, it like, Playing that game, it really did make me realize, yeah, they're like unless you are already on the outskirts, there's not a lot of 
uh, non-direct routes out of the city. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's probably literally like four or five like main highways that lead out of the city, and they get congested. I mean, even on a regular day, they get congested on a regular basis. So you you have a massive pandemic outbreak. Yeah. Like. Like that's why that's why I'm really happy that like where I live, like you know we're uh, like I'm 30 minutes outside of a city. Yeah. With, yeah. With multiple egresses out, uh, <laughs> yeah. like I I can easily I can easily escape. Um, but but also like I, like I'm I'm like kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a the, lot of space. So the whole pandemic thing too, like the fact that we just got out of a pandemic, I was like. This is kind of like I remember the beginning days of COVID and we were all like freaking out. Nobody wanted to go anywhere and we were wiping down our mail, you know, like it was crazy. And like to see like the way that she that Sarah was going through like the motions of figuring out that this was happening. I was like, bitch, turn on the news. (laughs) Right. I was just I was just like, how is no one watching the news at this point? Like, I mean. Uh, yeah. Especially in the early 2000s, like there was, I mean, you know, granted there was, there wasn't as many like social, there wasn't social media, but there's still right. plenty of ways to f- figure out what was going on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, the other thing was, I felt like it was since um, The Walking Dead is, have, well, has it come to an end yet or is it coming up? The, 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 the original Walking Dead is done. Yeah. Uh, so, they have all the spinoffs now. I feel like like the fact that that was kind of played out this was like a real shot in the dark like to have to say oh we're gonna put everything behind this and like get pedro pascal of all people and like we're really all in on this that was like a they it could have gone badly like you know well i think what really set this apart um is that i mean while they're not i mean you can't really technically call them zombies Mm-hmm. Technically, but because right. it, because it's an actual like Walking Dead, I know they. T- uh, I mean, I guess like, again, I haven't, I didn't watch, like, I didn't watch past. I watched the first like three seasons, but after that, they diverted from the comic books. And, yeah, uh, we stopped watching after yeah. four. <laughs> oh, fun fun fact. Sorry, cyclist. So I'm at an Airbnb right now because my house was flooded. But on the shelves in this house is the entire comic line. Walking Dead, like like the first five like really big like graphic novels, like the super thick ones. Oh wow! I'm just right. like I'm just like well, I guess I've got reading material. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've already read them, but like. I wonder um, if they did that because it's in Atlanta and that's you know. Yeah. The- well, yeah, and that, and then the fact that Atlanta was blowing up at the time made sense. But I mean, I think, but what I think sets this game apart for everything like that is that, you know, Walking Dead. I don't think they ever really explained it as a viral thing as so much as it was just, you know, like like Day of the Dead. Just like they don't ever talk about how it happened. It just happened. But this was like a little global event of it. Of I mean, the, I mean, the opener. The, uh, let's talk about the opener of the show real quick. Yeah. That whole that, that you know that those two scientists talking about what fungus and stuff could do, like if it ever evolved into this, like, like it was a, it was a great little foreshadowing, but also really explains what happens. Right. And like, it's a real scary thing because it's a possible thing. Right. Yeah. It's 100%. This is a plausible apocalypse. Like this isn't like, you know, aside from missiles and stupid politicians and stuff like that, like the world, 
like literally could take it like the like mother nature could come back with a vengeance mm-hmm. and that's kind of what this is yeah um and i think that that what that's what makes it frightening but also like makes it like it's i think why people like it so much is because it's an, it's an explainable like it's like you know how would humans deal with something like this and i think that that's what going back to episode three i think the fact that you know uh that a love story could still take place even after everything i think was really yeah. the message they were trying to just like was i think hbo put it the best way so it's like it's like hbo lets us know that gay love can survive the apocalypse like i'm just like <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what they were going for um <laughs> yeah i but so <clears throat> i think that um like the fact that it could happen like you said is terrifying and like they played in the global warming and like the fact that things can evolve things can and do evolve and and are potentially dangerous compared to what they were before and like i it was terrifying and like seeing the lady the doctor um the the one that studies like fungus the fungi. Oh yeah, that, oh, yeah, the, the, the second, second episode. episode. Oh, oh my wow. god, that, that that sequence was insane. And she was just like bomb. Like you have to bomb everything. Like that's that yeah. Wipe, wipe this city off the face of the earth. That's literally yeah. what she was saying. Like had to have. Like she realized it. She's just like this. Like, this is it. This is the end. Mm-hmm. And she said that they. Well, I think kind of that was giving you like an explanation as well of like how it could go from humans or go from just like being regular fungus to infecting humans because it evolved and then it went from, she said that it was in a grain facility, which is perfect, like the perfect place for fungus to start, like to grow. Mm -hmm. And so it evolved there. And I thought that was really important in the storytelling. I don't know if that happened in the game, but I thought it was really important to give it like a ground zero type feel you know what i mean like say oh this is where it started and it came from grain it started grew in grain and evolved and affected humans that was a good idea yeah i've actually been thinking about uh re-downloading it just to play through it from start to finish again to somebody told me that in the game uh, i don't know if, if they do it like how joel explains it in the series where it's it was a theory or, if, or if, yeah, but essentially that same because I, I asked that question um, before the second episode. I think it was either Charlie or Levi who was talking about, but uh, who, who have played through the game that that's that that particular explanation is given in the game as to where it started. And again, I don't know if it's presented as a theory, but I mean, the, but Joel explaining it in the episode two or it was it was it episode two or three it is three. Um, yeah, the opening in uh, three. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, it, it, it seemed like it, he's like he's like, a, like the way you explained it. I'm like that doesn't really sound like you're guessing there, buddy. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's a little on the nose, but I'm just like I'm like <laughs> yeah, but we uh, but but we get from episode two that that is how it happened, and the, and the fact that humans figured it out in a in a roundabout way, I think was was kind of was kind of cool in order to educate Ellie. Um, right. But uh, I, I what, uh, Ellie's character too, um, and I haven't seen I've seen. Uh, again, I've seen cutscenes from the game and stuff like that, but her innocence of growing up in this in this apoc- post-apocalyptic environment and like just like her her love of like hearing about video games or hearing about or, you know right. hearing about airplanes and stuff is so it, it's 
it's like she really is even as old as she is she's still very much a child to the world and like having to have this mentor who you know didn't one of those guys who didn't appreciate things when when they had like when she talked about how cool flying is it's like yeah it's, it's like it's like i used to fly them but like usually it was it was a nightmare of itself being squished in to a tiny metal tube with 100 other people yeah, a, a and she was of, even talking oh. about how the sorry, she was talking about how the car looked like a spaceship or the truck. Yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say, Zach? Um, some people are saying that the show is depicting Ellie to be like sociopathic, and in the game, she's more so of like a little girl being scared, trying to build up the courage to survive. But in the in the show, it's like. In the first episode, she watched Joel beat the shit out of that guy and was like, oh, all right, this guy can protect me. And then, uh, what was it? In, I think it was in episode three. Uh, she found a clicker that she, like, slit, like, a, a gash in his head and then, yeah, and just, then, and then, and then just stabbed him in the face. Yeah, well, I mean, I think with... Um, with them talking about how she was essentially being raised by the government to be an enforcer type or, um, or military type um, and then the way they refer the way um, uh, they make that line um, and this is on Colbert the other night so it's not a spoiler or anything like that but when uh, Nick Offerman and his partner like the, uh, when Bill and Frank are arguing um, that we first see them arguing after three years uh, about he's just like he's like the government aren't Nazis like they were Nazis like they are now they're not they weren't then like <laughs> yeah. I think that that really is a good is a good comparison because in because in the game they're being pursued by the military right if I remember correctly because because of Ellie um, and then this one she just had you know she was just a brat who got who was raised by the government and I think that has something to do with her kind of like you say sociopathic tendencies she's not she's not weak. She's right. she's been raised to be hardcore, uncaring, and and a survival a survivalist on her own. Um, yeah. And I think that that's it's obviously it's a, I think that's going to be the divergence that we see with her character because you know, in in this especially hanging out with Joel and everything like that, I don't think in a series like this you can afford to have someone who's just going to be scared all the time. Right. I also thought that it like I didn't get I didn't get like sociopath vibes as much as I got like curiosity like she was just curious because it was trapped couldn't move couldn't attack her so she was like I wonder what would happen like what is this gonna look like what is in here you know like she couldn't do that before and she's infected herself so like the fact that she she was like what what would what would have happened to me that's yeah. what i got from that instead of being like sociopathic and then she put it out of its misery yeah but she kind of like the look on her face wasn't like one of you know go to a better place my friend it was it was more like die <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and, yeah and that's and that's one thing that, that that actress specifically brings to it which is why she made such a hardcore character during game of thrones mm -hmm. um because she you know she was someone like she kind of has that look of you know uh someone who can and will take care of herself right yeah I, I i've even seen good. someone made a mod for the game to alter ellie's face to look like the actress already <laughs> oh yeah it, it took a week it took like within a week <clears throat> that mod was out like ign posted it that's um, crazy 
and uh, they did a really great job modding it out. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's that I think I think I think uh, I think watching the the cutscenes from the game would be much different. Uh, <laughs> but um, and I do love that. Uh, was it? Uh, uh, I think it's Ashley Johnson, uh, who was uh, the CGI capture as well as the voice of Ellie in the games, is getting to come back. Um, to the stage, we haven't seen her yet, but uh, I think her, I think her role has already been revealed. They've talked about it several times, um, but she will eventually play Ellie's mom in flashbacks, um, cool. which I think is really great. Um, uh, she talk about an underrated actor. She was on um, what was that show with the girl with the tattoos? Uh, oh, that that detective show where she like could solve murders by the. Well, like her tattoos would lead them to clues. Yeah. Um, like, what the heck was that? I have to look it up. Um, but yeah, she played like the geeky scientist person on that one. And of course, she's part of uh, uh, Critical Role and uh, the Vox Machina series. I still um, got to watch that. Yeah. You really do, dude. Like, it's like uh, anyone who like, you know, the, you know, watching the D&D games, I haven't, that's something I can't get into. I have a lot of friends who do it. Um, and who, who stream it on Twitch and stuff like that. And I've watched so I watched the little bits. I have I have Critical Role on my TikTok, so I catch some of their funnier moments. But I just can't. I don't think I could. I mean, they've created so much content over like it's over five to like five or five or six years. They've created. They've gone through like four campaigns, and like one campaign alone was 145 episodes, and those are three to four hours a piece. Holy <laughs> shit! Like these, and that's what, and that's what, and. Uh, it actually so the sh- uh, this is a total sidetrack, but I think it's kind of worth talking about just because I just learned about it. But so, um, Critical Role started a um, uh, crowdfunding on um, Kickstarter to uh, create a you know like like a single animated episode or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they 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 asked for seventy five thousand dollars. They made eleven point four million by the end of the campaign. That is the it is to, to date the most successful uh, Kickstarter campaign in history, uh, a history of the site. Uh, so then Amazon Studios got involved, and that's why now like their campaigns have been turned into these uh, uh, these animated se- this animated series, and uh, it's it's both hilarious, it's like really well animated, and it's just a lot of fun to watch. But anyway, sorry. That's pretty crazy though. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So let's let's actually talk about the actual uh, design and look of the clickers, because mm-hmm. I think that shit is just spot on and <clears throat> just perfection. Uh, just from coming from someone that played the game and perfection got shock. got the shit scared out of me when. Uh, I got jump scared by by a few of them in the game. Yeah, um, but these things are absolutely terrifying. They look dreadful, and <laughs> I told Emily because she's not a fan of the Grudge movies because oh, she, yeah, she can't stand that like oh, oh that, yeah that that noise that it makes. 
And I was like, so you're probably not going to like these things because... <laughs> but but it's insane what they do. They're called clickers, but they also, like, changed how they sound. They they click and they, like, mix it in with the grudge sound. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You have to and, go farther and <clears throat> try to find it. Yeah. And here we it's go. toward the end there. Yeah. But, yeah, it... The, the actors that uh, that did this just <laughs> insane there are insane are fans, movements yeah. dude like they knew exactly how to, how they moved how they how they sound and it, dude it's it the design work is just incredible on them when we watched the first episode whenever that old lady was behind her behind sarah and she like started like oh, like that in the wheelchair oh I, yeah zach, zach looked at me and was like yeah that old lady did that real good <laughs> I was like, she did that was crazy and then <laughs> um and then i don't remember if it was the second episode i think it was the second episode when they were in the museum and or maybe it was the before the museum anyway that one of them was chasing them and i mean it just like threw itself in, it was in a diner it threw itself into like the stools <laughs> at the counter yeah the the dedication of his movement there was yeah. was spot on I was like, oh my god, the dedication of these stunt people, like, that couldn't have felt good at all. <laughs> um, but, so, I also wanted to mention, because I'm going to have to get off here in a minute, um, because I have an actual for real job. But, uh, the, the, I don't, I did not like Tessa's character. I don't know if she was part of the game or not. I did not like her. I was glad when she died. Uh, and then, I thought it was funny that I feel like it's funny that Joel or not Joel Pedro Pascal gets picked for all these roles where he has adopted children that he falls in love with I think it's (laughs) hilarious like that's just he doesn't have children and yet he always finds himself in these roles where he does have children and is a very good dad (laughs) so I just think that's hilarious (laughs) You should watch. You should watch him in the. Uh, was it the one with Nick Cage? Uh, the, oh, we uh, did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I just yeah. Well, well, that anywhere like any t- like you know the, I mean someone posted a, like a little progression of his like television career and like all the small bits he's played over the years and stuff like that and it's insane the kind of stuff that he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, like the range of this guy is crazy uh, if you really look yeah. into it. But no, I agree. I think it's but but yeah, Tess was part of the original game. Um, However, how she went out, um, like a t- uh, tad different, <laughs> a tad different, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I thought this is a good explanation that they talk about in the behind the scenes on episode two of uh, about like when it when the one in, one infected comes up and essentially like Frenches her, I guess was their explanation was just like, well, if you resist, these things will kill you, right. but if you just sit there, you know, they're not violent unless you're violent. Right. Yeah. But they're obviously their intention. Like, if you resist them, they're gonna they're gonna kill you. But um, but she was already dying anyway. She was already so. dying. Yeah. And I saw. I, I thought. Well, I, when I first watched, it, I thought, well, it's only doing that because she's already infected, and they and maybe they would know. But then when they talk about it in the behind the scenes, I'm like, I guess that kind of makes sense. It's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's super creepy, and I think it's an interesting way that they they let her go out. But like, um. 
like just just because because she was having so much trouble getting that lighter going. But that was an intense moment. And I and uh, Anna Torf, like I you know I loved her from the Fringe series. Oh, mm-hmm. oh God, I loved Fringe. It was such a good series. Uh, I thought that I thought Fox didn't do it a great service with its final with its final season, but it is what it is. Fox is Fox is notorious for it. Um, but uh, but no, I I, I when, when I saw that she was playing Tess, I'm just like ah, oh, like you know she's not going to be around long. But I do like, you know, she's still in flashbacks and things like that. But I, I do, I liked, I liked that actress and I liked the, the her take on the character was interesting. But yeah, that's, um, uh, I did like her kind of redemption where she was someone who would kind of, you know, was, you know, was very selfish and was very much uh, out for themselves. She's out, she was out for her and, and Joel, but then saw, like they said, like they were trying to convince us that she saw hope and a way of to, to redeem what they'd done in order to survive. Right. So. And um, just as a little final thing before I have to get off here, uh, I was, I'm just on Facebook and I found a picture of Bill from the game and I didn't realize it. Oh, but it's, like, it's Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman is this character. Like that yeah. is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm I'm want, I'm hoping that he comes back in flashbacks as well. Like we had talked about um you had talked about Tess being in flashbacks. I hope that Bill is in some because they've obviously communicated. He he left a letter to probably Joel. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, you know, there's something there because I wanna see Nick Offerman in this game. He did a great job. Yeah. Uh- I, I can't. I can't imagine that. Like, like, that there's got to be some sort of flat. So lessons that they learned from each other. Right. Yeah. That. What I what I find very powerful is the fact that you know you get these shows now in today's world that don't really appease the audience. You know, they'll they'll fucking tear it up instantly. Like. People were tearing up Willow. People were tearing up the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon, and all those shows were good. Like mm-hmm. they were, they were good shows. But people tear them up because of minor tweaks that, like, have nothing to do with the story, or, or like they went a different direction. But this entire episode was a complete veer off of the game. It's not explained or shown in the game at all whatsoever. And everybody is just loving it. And it's like, it's a reaction from from an audience that you didn't really expect for it to, like, hit off very well. Yeah. I mean, that sure. It has a lot to do with Nick Offerman, though. <clears throat> yeah, but it's it's also, like, the performances. Like, well, the I big, think... It, in in go, especially referencing to the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, and uh, and the the Willow series, like um, I think the well, I think the really big difference is, you know, with Rings of Power, they didn't have complete permission to use Tolkien's references; they could only use what was kind of out there, and it wasn't endorsed by the Tolkien family, and it was just kind of like the, I think the fans were pissed because they were just kind of making it up as they went along, right? Um, and with Willow, you didn't have a lot of the original creative team behind it, and it was just and you know you've heard my complaints about it about the you know the real kind of poppy <laughs> genre, very you know 
CW-esque show creation. Like, I still enjoyed it because I thought the fights were great. I thought the acting was, I thought the actors were fantastic. I think they did a really good job casting it. Yeah. Um, despite the whole musical reference thing. And and the fa- and uh, I, I was I was a little mad that Val Kilmer's character didn't get, like, didn't get a little bit more attention. Um, but he'll, he should be in the next season of Willow because, uh, he had cancer. That was why he went. Well, there. yeah, he can't talk, and I mean that's I mean, it's, you know it's the same thing about Top Gun and stuff like that. But like, um, I did love that Christian Slater got to got to jump in in kind of a similar character. But uh, but again, uh, but I think why the fan base has been so supportive of this is because the creators of the game are right there with them, um, approving this. And and I think the fan base, especially after the the sequel, the Last of Us Part Two, I think that the fans trust the creators and the writers of the game, and as long as they've got a hand in the show, they're going to go along with it. And I think that they're, and I think, I think that 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 faith was well placed. Um, and I think that that's why you're not getting a lot of pushback here. Yeah. Um, and also the behind the scenes stuff the creators are commenting on yes this is what we changed but we think we changed for the better yeah um, and that's sure. yeah like, like you said like they wish that they had done a similar flashback with Bill and Frank that the show got to do and I think that's what that episode was about was doing something that the game couldn't right um, like it, it could it could touch on it but it didn't get to really show it and I think that that's you know even if it was a little bit of a filler episode I think it really it was one that was necessary to show how you know a little pocket of humanity you know literally a pocket like a fenced off weaponized pocket dude like i'm sitting here like like it goes from the those people being drug out and then you see like this chicken wire fence Mm -hmm. and then he's got this like automated gate fence (laughs) Like, the, what the, the, this is uh, this is just me watching way too much TikTok. But what I like after he like after they took everyone out and he takes off and you take off the mask and reveal it's Nick Offerman and he like starts to go out shopping. All I could hear was that TikTok sign. It's like I do, 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 I do. Like he's just driving around and just picking <laughs> yeah. up stuff. He's just having the things. time of his life. Yeah, he's just like he's, he's just like this is a survivalist like wet dream like <laughs> like everyone especially for away. him being no one's like, messing with me and I get to build my own little fort especially yeah. for Nick Offerman alone as a character like, it's Ron Swanson like it's it's one hundred percent what Ron Swanson <laughs> would have done he's such a survivalist though like he loves he's like the handiest of handyman like <laughs> that's this is probably how he lives when he's not working in film. That's I would actually love, how he is, yeah. I would love to see it, and I keep, I just keep saying this because I keep referencing it in other TV shows, but I would love to see Rain Wilson pop up at some point <laughs> as, <laughs> as Dwight or something like that. Like, it's the same, it's my same, it's my same want as in Jack Ryan. I really want Rain Wilson to be playing someone working for the CIA. Um, I'm going to hop off now. Okay. <laughs> so abrupt. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I kind of, I, I, I stepped on the goodbye. No, it's okay. Um, no, but yeah, like it's just, it blows my mind the progress he made. Like I know it has massive time jumps, but it did like that wasn't really like shown that it was a time jump mm-hmm. when he was like first surviving. But you could just see like Nick Offerman like 
fully enjoyed this role. Like, yeah. Through he said through. in an interview, he's just like, like he, he's like, uh, he talked about the showrunner. He's like, I know he knows a lot of really great famous actors, and I guess they were all busy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just why I got this role. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, I mean, episode three is a really defining moment, but really the first two episodes, like, I think the first episode in showing how devolved humanity became and how desensitized a lot of it had to become like the the whole um opening into the you know the 20 years later with the kid who manages to cross you know countless miles to get to this quarantine zone only to find out he's infected right and they euthanize him um and then the the fact that you know Joel has become hard enough where he can he can burn a child's body, I mean that's that's a powerful scene. It's a, it's a it, it's 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 a hard one to watch, um, and something I th- I don't to me like I don't think Walking Dead even got close to. I think they tried, but I don't think they got close to it. That kind of like people uh, were Walking were, Dead got like like sci-fi almost. Yeah, it really. I mean, that, and that's the thing. Like, zombies are a sci. You know, I mean, it is. They're both sci-fi. But again, it comes down to um, really how you show how humanity. Like, like okay, the Fallout games. Let's talk about the Fallout. Which you know, there's that series coming too. Um, there's a Fallout series coming. Yeah, Amazon is developing a Fallout series. Uh, Ella Purnell, um, who was wow. in the Zack Snyder. Uh, series is, is in it. They've just been announcing casting and stuff like that. Yeah, Fallout, a Fallout series is coming. Um, and uh, I think that's going to be an interesting take. Because again, that's a fi- that is a fictional sci-fi society that blew itself up. Mm. Um, and because it like, what was it? The, the technology and that, like, it was like a society or it was like the 19 like 50 slash 60s combined with the technology of like Flash Gordon or something like that, that yeah. but essentially blew itself up and then you you know and again you're um, for those who haven't played the game in, in every single iteration of Fallout you are a survivor who went into one of many shelters many uh, um, survival uh, like society saving shelters that were built um, and for whatever reason you either escape or you get sent away uh, and it turns out that humanity actually has returned and like you know, the world is full of uh, mutants and robots and um, small and like what was it uh, the, the, I played Fallout 4 like I tried 3 didn't quite take to it but I did I got into 4 in a big way I played 4 for a long time um, but you're in Boston during that one and there's been New Vegas and stuff like that and there's a whole nother, and then uh, Fallout 76 did not do well uh, I don't even know where that took place, but Fallout 5 is supposed to be coming out, um, and it's something I'll probably end up playing. But, again, these are all takes on how society deals with these things, and I think that the they really established, that um, The Last of Us really establishes the dark side of what, like, you know, the those, those who had the power d- seized it, and really, you know, and then forced everyone who didn't have power to be their laborers. And that's kind of like, you see Joel looking for work. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's really shitty jobs that pay nothing. And, you know, he's got to make his money as a drug dealer. Um, and that's, uh, I mean, you, and, and we really haven't got to, and I, I, 
you know, you played the games, but like, I don't know if they really dive into the kind of horrible things that he that he's done to survive. Um, it definitely does like a like the, like a breakdown of his past, and, mm-hmm. and then he <clears throat> kind of like learns and treats uh, Ellie with respect, and 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 knows how important she is, and basically treats her like his own daughter type thing. Yeah. Well, so yeah. And I, I he, that he got he gets this whole realization type like it, it goes through this whole flashback thing gets yeah. this whole realization thing. Well, Ellie is his second chance, his redemption. And yes. Of what happened to his daughter? And I mean, that's it's a classic story, but it's a great one. To, but this is a great backdrop to it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I really I, it, it does kind of make me want to like after the first season's done, I'll be interested. I might be even be interested in playing through the game and, and uh, going to the second. Because the second game is it's just Ellie, if I remember correctly, um, just from the trailers and stuff that I've seen. Um, I, I think it is. And then she meets like a, uh, a friend that's like her, her same age or something yeah. like that. So uh, and again, it's a survivalist kind of thing. Like I I would be kind of interested if they set up something like uh, like the forest or something like that, but in the Last of Us realm, you know, like oh, that would could be you so be, cool. could you be Bill and Frank? Could you build your own little uh, <laughs> like little uh, small utopia in the middle of nowhere? Kind we'd of be, thing. That'd, be, be, that'd be interesting. <laughs> we'd be banging in the strawberry garden that we made. <laughs> that, I love that because Nick Offren has the cute little laugh. Yeah, that we've all come to enjoy. But we always thought it was exaggerated. Uh, I thought it was exaggerated specifically for Parks and Rec. Um, no, that's his real laugh. That's his real laugh. That's how he laughs, and, and like, and it's such a beautiful moment with the strawberries. Um, like, I almost <laughs> teared up at, at that particular moment because it's just such a, it's just such a loving gesture, and just and like, yeah. you just you see it on their face when they when they taste them. Um, ah, oh, it's just a, it's just a great moment. Um, but uh, but and, no, I think and, I thought that whole thing is just it's it's just like such a crazy good storytelling, honestly. And Charlie said it best that like I'm really glad that people are starting to realize like the chops that Nick Offerman has yeah. because he, it's not just a comedy thing that he does like he's so good and he's done some indie stuff um, where he's played like you know the absent father trying to redeem kind of stuff like that but yeah it does it doesn't get a lot of recognition and he's talked to it like I saw I've seen him live I think you'd seen him live too haven't you yeah yeah. So he talks about it like like after Parks and Rec, it was hard for him to get work because like, you know, he shaved off, you know, he, he either had the full, he always had the full beard or no beard at all. And it was just, uh, everyone just sees him as Ron Swanson. It yeah. was just, it was a icon. It was a, I mean, because it's so close to his normal personality. Obviously it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just his tone. It's not his humor, but it's, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to break a character who's so close to your regular personality um like what is it uh uh like look at the office like how many people from the office like uh was it uh, the jenna fisher uh who played pam like she did a, she did the first season of a series with uh matt leblanc uh she played his wife or ex-wife or something like that and audiences hated it because they didn't like seeing pam beasley married to matt leblanc <laughs> somebody like, that they, wasn't like, jim <laughs> Yeah, and it's just and so like I think she only got she she did like one movie. I think she did Hall Pass, um, 
and that was like the last that was the last thing I remember seeing her and then she's obviously she's doing she's been producing stuff but like she, and, then, and her and the woman who played Angela are now doing recap podcasts of the entire Alpha series um, oh that's cool like, yeah it's, it's one of those cool things but again like there's a lot of characters from that show who like Oscar Nunez the guy who played one of the accountants that's his real name that's um, funny I didn't know and, yeah, that, like there's a lot of kids like Creed Bratton, uh, the old guy in the office. That's his real name. <laughs> like they, they because they weren't supposed to be major characters. They were written. They were background characters. They got the whole office eventually became its own personality. So like, it's hard to see them not in those roles. And that's and, and that's a hard that's a hard thing to break out of when you go from a television series to a TV series. Yeah. Um, or uh, or, or a television series to like you know feature films or, or other television series or, or, or something, you know, comedy to drama, that kind of thing. And that's, yeah, I, I agree with Charlie. I'm glad that they are recognizing he's got range. Um, and uh, if you ever have seen him live, he does a great song during his thing called I'm Not Fucking Ron Swanson. Oh, uh, so good. It's such a good song. Um, and, and then, of course, he sings Little Sebastian. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh. You got to sing Little Sebastian. It's so good. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but coming back to the series, so the the whole fire the, I think the one thing I was kind of sad I, we didn't see was the whole ambush of the firefly because you see the firefly base you tell you see the woman talking to Ellie mm-hmm. she's obviously very important and um, uh, we get a quick glimpse of the fact that Joel knows her um, and knows what she does and I guess that makes sense because he's in contraband right um, and stuff like that but uh, the whole ambush like yeah. the, like when they come across it like I kind of wish we got to see that. Uh, and you know again I feel like we might um, like it, it could be like a flashback moment that we see uh, or or we just might not even see it at all so I don't I don't know with 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 the, with the divergence in Ellie's personality would it be it would, it would be interesting if she was the one who started it oh my gosh that'd be funny <laughs> like make her like you know she's got something to be redeemed for too I mean, they, she, I mean they really are portraying her as kind of a naive young girl with survivalist instincts yeah who thinks she can take care of herself or thought she could i think she's starting to come around to that a little bit but because there's just so much of the world because she admits it in episode three there's just so much of the world she doesn't know right that it's been talked about but like she's kind of loving the fact that they're out there and i think that her naivety will definitely get them into a lot of trouble but i think that she because of a little bit of her hardcore attitude you um, you kind of want her to get that innocence back. Right. And I think that that's what they're really trying to show us um, with her giddiness around airplanes and getting in cars and fighting the Mortal Kombat too, which, what, God, Mortal Kombat too, like, uh, okay. Uh, I think I told you about this and this, this really isn't a spoiler, but okay, so on the superhero movie that I worked on uh, yes. that, we, that we've, we've, we've talked about a few times that comes out here in March, um, there was an active Mortal Kombat arcade game on the set, as part of the set, and I don't know, we played so much of that in between takes. And so, like when I saw that pop up on the thing, I'm just like, man, I'm like, these old school arcade games are gonna be such a plug in like the next year. <laughs> oh my god, uh, my buddy, uh, my my uh, childhood friend, uh, who just moved uh, to Georgia, like South Georgia, not too long ago. Um, his whole garage is uh, retro arcade games. It's crazy how like the big ones they're coming down in price because 
now they're making the tiny versions that you can buy at Best Buy. Yeah. I mean, they're tiny, tiny. Like, I mean, I have to be on my knees to play <laughs> these things. But like, um, but yeah, no, I've had friends who bought who bought like the original Ninja Turtles, Mortal Kombat, or even those like big gun simulators, like the Time yeah. Crisis games and stuff like that, are, are starting to come down. Uh, because I mean, well, I mean, let's admit, it, like arcades like that really don't exist that well anymore, um, unless they're part of a larger theme park area or something like that. Like, yeah, I used, I was a kid who went to the tilt went to the tilt arcade when I was younger. <laughs> um, I get dropped off with twenty bucks worth of quarters and be given an hour or two to kind of you know, yeah, have fun. Go, yeah, it. go have go have fun, and then either go see a movie or get picked up and grab a du- grab a cookie and then go home. Yeah, um, or a soft pretzel. Uh, but uh, yeah, God, man, when you, when the mall when when actual shopping malls were a thing, it was a beautiful time. Now it's <laughs> now they're just targets for gun violence. Oh um, my God. It's so stupid. Yeah. Or a reason to go to the Cheesecake Factory. That is what it is. Um, so I'm just going to end it there. Um, we, uh, we've we kind of went off tangents, but uh, good ones. Um, Let, let's do it. Let's do an overall grade because we, we, we didn't really give it a grade. Oh, so in, in, in terms. Yeah. So in terms, do you want to do, do you want? Let's go by episode. You really played the game. So you're, you're going to be more the expert on this thing. But where would you grade episodes one, two and three? On our on our A to F. I, I mean, I would say first and second F are A plus pluses, and then uh, I would just give an A on the third one, just because it it was nothing to do with the game, and it it was just a whole brand new story introduced to us. But it was just an overall awesome episode, so I'll just give it an A. Absolutely okay. No, that's good. That, I think that's fair. Um, I would definitely. I would give an A plus the first episode because that's as much of the game as I played, <laughs> and I just I, I love I love visually how much like what they did to really recreate it, but also to show you the great relationship that Joel had with his daughter and how mm-hmm. quickly everything went to shit. Um, uh, I give episode two. I gave episode two a B. Okay. Uh, only because like. Yeah, I, I just I, again I didn't really know what I was supposed to care about, but like I I, di- I I loved the creature creation. I thought that that was a good horror aspect to it. I think there was a great explanation as to how the fungus communicates um, and how it's somewhat light sensitive um, uh, because of and they talk about it like if it gets too hot it can't survive. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I I'm I'm giving an A plus to the third episode solely on on performance really. Like, it's it, I think it was it, it was a sto- you know it was a great little side filler story that kind of sets the tone for you know like that was the real bright spot in humanity I think right there. But like now we're I think it's I think it's just gonna get darker from here on out. Oh, um, dude, it's gonna get it's gonna get so gnarly. Yeah, I think it was a nice I think it was a nice break for the audience. Uh, from the two intense first episodes, but yeah, I mean, based on the trailer I've seen for the next next week's episode, like, guess what? That was the last bit of good humanity you get. Welcome to hell. Um, like, we so, haven't seen uh, like the big mamma jamma clickers. Like, yeah, and like I've seen, yeah, we've seen from the trailers and things like that. Like, I'm not. Uh, I, I know we've only grazed the surface, and I'm, I'm honestly like, you know, because again, I haven't played the game. Like, I'm, I'm very much like at that like heart pounding moment, and I'm also playing, you know, doing play through the Resident Evil games right now, and so it's yeah. 
Uh, anyway, but yeah, I, but that, that, that's that's those are my those are my takes on the episode so far. I think it's going to be a great series. I think it, there's a lot of potential ahead of it, and uh, I know that this is the first season is supposed to go through the entire first game. So um, I'm I'm if what I understand to be the end of the first game is true, I'm not particularly looking forward to the ending. Um, but I think it's going to be a very bright, uh, bright and shiny uh, star for HBO this season. Oh, and and it's already renewed second season. Like, yeah, they are. Yeah, and it already got renewed, which was not surprising to me. Not not at all. But I get what was surprising is how quickly it did get greenlit. Like, yeah, I mean, this it's it's a hard needle to thread video game adaptations, and I think we're getting better about it because I think the sins of the past have been uh, recognized. Uh, <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Um, and, uh, uh, <laughs> um, and you know, like the Resident Evil games, those, God, those are guilty pleasures along with my, my Fast and the Furious obs- uh, obsession. But like, those games were just, you know, it's about fun. It's about completely ridiculous fun. And I think even the Resident Evil show that came out on Netflix last year recognized that too, and acknowledging the campiness of the games, and then that history actually happened. And now they're actually getting to take, a, they were getting to take a real serious look at it. Um, it wasn't groundbreaking, but it wasn't bad either. Right. Um, and Lance Hendrick, Lance Kendrick um, is just an amazing actor to begin with and really brought everything to that show. But uh, but no, I, I have high hopes for for the rest of this for the rest of the season. And I'm really looking forward to season two. Same Z's. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, you can follow us uh, at anything social. We, we kind of stopped pushing our Twitter because of the stupidity that's going on over there. Um, but you can find us at Marvelous Nerdcast uh, on TikTok, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, um, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, if you want to go to our website, it is mncpod.com. Uh, and that just basically takes you to our Buzzsprout page and where you can see all of our episodes and listen to them. Um, but yeah, like I said before, when we first started, we are going to do every other week instead of weekly episodes now, um, just because the, the baby takes up a lot of time that, you know, DK and I have uh, taken our streaming careers pretty seriously. Uh, Emily, tell them, tell them where you get where they can find you because that, that's a big thing too. <clears throat> oh, you want to well. hear more of these delightful conversations, but without you know without the uh, the benefits of being able to edit it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could find us all over the place. We we are we are uh, storytellers of the apocalypse on Twitch, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, DK uh, has his Cypherian page. Uh, but he does uh, still uh, he is still considered a storyteller. Uh, he, it's it's not like he veered off from the team. He's still part of the team. No, so part of the still part of the discord constantly. <clears throat> this just gives us much more options. Yes, much more streaming options and more constant stuff because I'm five days a week. Charlie and you guys are two to three days a week. So um, you can find us on. We're always talking about this stuff, too. So definitely, especially if you want to add to the conversation of uh, of the podcast like join the discord get in on the conversation because we're talking about this stuff all the time all the time yeah and we've constantly got news on gaming news pokemon sea of thieves uh marvel anything nerd comic book all that good stuff 
Yeah, it's uh it's a good time. We have a good time doing what we do. Um even if even if our chats aren't full of people, we still just have a really good time doing what we do because we're passionate about it. Um and that is all I got. So we will catch you guys later and we will see you in the next episode. You have been graced by the presence of the marvelous nerdcast. Next time, and don't forget.